Welcome, friends. This is Erin, and I appreciate you jumping on and listening to my podcast. I wanted to tell you a little bit about me, in case you're curious, about how I arrived in mediumship and what I'm doing here and what's going to be happening on this podcast and why I started it. So, number one, I'm a lover of podcasts. I get in the car drive. Nobody's in there with me and I can just play, listen, learn. I can't tell you how many things I've learned from people on podcasts, from books to coffees, you know, to manifestation, lots of things. Really interesting and um, super fun for me. I am very social and I love to learn about people and how they discovered something and It's applied in their lives, and often it's created the existence that they live today. So that being the case, podcasts are available. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have my own. And what I want to do is bring to my audience all of the resources that you would ever want to listen to, relax, and possibly take away to, you know, apply in your own life. If there's anything that you haven't heard on these podcasts as they start growing on my episodes, reach out to me. I would love to know what uh, maybe I could interview somebody that you would like to hear about, bring up a topic you know, I don't know, a question and answer with my viewers sounds amazing. So please definitely reach out to me. Don't hesitate. And I will get back to you. So basically about me, I am um, a mom, a stepmother, and uh, 51 years old, I was having an absolute, what I'd call anxiety attack. I'm not a person that goes into a space of being real scared and fearful. It wasn't exactly that, but it was that I was looking at my life like, what is it that I'm missing? I am not doing what, I'm, what I've been called here to do, and I know that in a very deep level. It's not the first time I had this, but it got so loud in my head and my body that I couldn't ignore it any longer. So what happened was is... One night in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. Actually, it was many nights, but there's one night in particular. And um, prior to this, I had been praying, please give me an answer. I need to know what it is I need to be doing that I'm not doing right now because I'm very unhappy. So um, didn't nothing seemed to show up, but I did continue to hear this same sound which nobody else in the house heard, not even my dog, which was the sound of a glass ball or large marble dropping above my head uh, on a like a on a separate floor and rolling. It would always happen in the same space. I'd be at my computer downstairs where my office is, and it's happened in a few of our different homes. So I used to not know what that was. I thought it was odd, but I wouldn't pay attention. So it was happening so much in the last, prior to me figuring out that I was a medium, uh, almost daily, and I couldn't ignore it. My dog didn't hear it. Nobody else heard it. I heard it. It was really strange, but I kind of liked it at the same time, and I thought, 
you know what, spirits, I know you're trying to talk to me. What is it you want to tell me? What am I not hearing? And what is this message that you're sending me with this rolling sound, the dropping and the rolling? So one night in the middle of the night, I got up, I couldn't sleep, and um, got on my Instagram. I saw a video that was someone channeling, and um, I thought it, it struck a chord with me really deep. And I went, oh! she's channeling. So I tried to find, let's see, how is it? It happened. I went to her followers and I just went, scrolled through total. My finger was lifted and pushed on one name. That one name was a teacher to teach people uh, mediumship. And she happened to be offering a course that I could just jump into right then. So what I did is I hit pay now with PayPal. It was all linked, done like that. I went, oh, I just signed up for a mediumship class. Okay, very strange because normally in the daytime I wouldn't have done that. Um, I went to bed. I slept like a baby. Woke up thinking, I think I just signed up for a mediumship class and sure enough, I go to my inbox a little later and there's a welcome email, something like that. And then jump on the Facebook group page and just, you know, learn, learn with the group. So I did that because I thought there's a message here for me. I know that and I'm not going to quit because I paid for it and there's a reason I'm supposed to do this. I don't know what it is yet. And, um, I did this, and that is the beginning of how I jumped into mediumship active with the public. Now, prior to this, um, I was a real estate agent and helping my partner build our business together. It had been a lot of work, a lot of I want to say masculine energy, and it, it was creative to a certain extent, but it didn't feel like it was really my calling. It was definitely his calling. So that being said, I was more of the helpful spouse. And the real estate, you know, it changed in, in why I got into it, the reasons I got into it, um, which was I loved homes and decor and I really enjoyed people, and I'm very, very good at matching the dream house or the perfect home with the tenant or the buyer. Likewise, selling a home. I know exactly what it needs to look like to the outside world so that they can get their best income uh, for their home. So it didn't really sit with me um, very well at that point. So it wasn't like a love lost. I just let it go. Sent in my resignation literally the next day after I signed up for this course. Um, going back to when I was a child, I lived. At, we moved into a home when I was probably 10 years old and um, in Santa Monica Canyon it we didn't know it had history to this uh my mom had gotten remarried and there were some older stepbrothers in the house and i would see all the time two spirits walking the property 
there was a female and she was living in and i say living because that's where she existed was in the hallway where all the, most of the bedrooms were bathroom and at the end of the hallway where cupboards where linens would go and they were large and they would it would open up there were two doors that would just open so there was her and she would look me right in the eye kind of play peekaboo as i would pass certain doors and it was always the same door after i passed that one i wouldn't see her anymore but i'd feel wind go flying by me and i'd see her run in front of me and i wouldn't see any feet attached to it and i could see her dress and her long hair she would go roll right into the shelf there was one shelf and i remember it was like the third one up from the bottom roll into the same one doing somersaults and vanish and uh, I did not like it or appreciate it. She was never mean. She was never throwing things. You know, you hear these horror stories of, you know, poltergeists and whatnot. Um, I've never experienced that really. I mean, I guess I have <laughs> on some level, but definitely not at that house. And um, so there was her. And then there was another gentleman who was outside. And I would see him when I was in the kitchen by myself, same thing, by myself, and this spirit would be outside looking at us, or when I say us, my sister and I specifically remember the last time I ever saw him. He's looking at me, he's got a shaved head, pale skin, he's very thin, big blue eyes, like icy blue eyes, not uh, not a negative spirit on, you know, any stretch of the imagination. And he had overalls on and no shirt. And he was very thin. And um, so he walked by the windows looking at us. And it really upset me. Now, I'm 10 years old. I had gone to my mom, stepfather. Everybody said, you know, basically, that doesn't, that's not true. So I had to just be quiet about it. And then I heard our door go click in the back. And that really scared me because I felt like he was going to enter into the kitchen where we were. And so I just intuitively yelled, but very firmly as a 10-year-old, you are dead. You are not supposed to be here. You need to go and find peace. You need to go. You're scaring us. Leave us alone. And it was to that effect I remember being very firm in my voice and I felt like I knew what I was doing and then you know we stayed in that house maybe another I don't know year they divorced we they everybody we left and um I didn't have any spirit you know run-ins too much you know for the next couple of years then what happened was, is I had a friend, a very, very good friend who was like a sister to me, was there with me through thick and thin. She was my protector. And she ended up a couple months before she passed away. I kept waking up in the middle of the night with an absolute terror. What would I do if she ever died? And then I would kind of say to myself, that's not going to happen. Why am I thinking that? And I'd go back to bed, but it was a big fight and I'd have to call her the next day and then I would forget. Uh, so it happened one night I was at, uh, she had a party with a few friends and at this party, it got broken up. I went to her and she said, I said, we are all going to this spot 
and will you come? And I'm holding her hands and it's sort of like she's not really holding back. She's looking ahead and she said, yes, she'll just, she's going to come. And I said, I love you. Those were my last words to her. I said, I love you. And I really felt like I was going to call her the next day and we could have plans. Um, I went and then I go to the party and like an hour and a half rolls by, no sign of her. I was really looking forward to reconnecting with her that night. Um, it was our graduation night of high school and she didn't show up, but what one of her friends did and I wanted to go ask her where she was, but I got, you know, there were people there, so I didn't go and approach her. And then about 12, 15, no, 12, 13 rolls around or a couple minutes maybe before then. And I'm sitting with some friends on a wall and all of a sudden I feel an electric charge go flying through me from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head and every hair on my body stood up. And when I say that, it was like a earthquake happened and it was massive uh, fear and darkness popped through my body and, uh, and it scared me, but I was quiet. And then another one happened and I started praying and, and at some point I turned to my friend and I said, did you feel that? He says, feel what? And I said, earthquake. He said, there's no earthquake. I said, okay, that you felt that's very weird. So I went into my center, um, at this point, I'm an 18-year-old girl, went into my center, and I started praying that it would end, and all I could see was a big blackness in front of me, and then a third one came through, bottom of my feet, top of my head, and then I'm really scared. I'm praying that whatever this is, stop, and it needs to go, and I'm praying, and then I hear, look at your watch. It is a very important time for time. So I looked at my watch, it was 12, 13, around that time, and um, in the morning, 12, 13 a.m. So from that point, the th when the third one happened, there was two and then a space and then the third one, all of a sudden, when I closed my eyes and I'm praying after the third one that it goes away, what I saw was blackness, and then I saw a silver light come in from the left into the center of my mind's eye, or it looks like a black TV screen to me, back out far away, and then over to left, and it zooms out. But it stopped for a second so that I could recognize it. I didn't recognize it. I didn't know what it was I'm seeing because I'd never seen anything like this before. But it looked like a star in the midst of a black night. Um, and it was a dark night anyway. So next day, go to work come home, millions, uh, so many messages and hangups on my answering machine. I end up, one of my friends calls me and tells me what happened. And it was my friend had been, uh, they found her and that she had been murdered. And um, I knew it was true when she told me. And the whole, my whole world crumbled at that point. So a few things happened with this is that I learned I couldn't really go on without talking to her. I didn't know what to do. So I something told me, go on a walk. So for weeks after her death, I went on a walk. And I would channel her, not knowing, but I would try talking to her. And the messages I was getting, it was a real conversation. She and I were having a conversation 
long ones. I actually do not remember them to this day. That's what's very um, common with people who channel with mediums because we don't remember for the most part what we say. Um, and I felt by doing that, she was healing my my very deep sorrow. So um, lots of interesting things happened around there. They did catch the person. She made sure of that he she was going to punish him in a big way from spirit world. I will tell you, I'll do that in another episode. It was pretty amazing. Um, and forever he will be at San Quentin. Um, thank goodness on that. But in the process of all of this, it definitely affected who I was as a person. I lost my soul sister. She and I were soul sisters. No question about that. We didn't need to be seeing each other every single day. I'm sure lots of you listening have best friends that you, when you see each other, it could be a year or more, you just connect and it's there. No matter what, you will always love and trust each other. It's a special bond and it goes very deep. Um, that was her for me. So I went to a couple different psychics and in the process of this, I did meet somebody uh, by the name of Reverend Tooks, who was, um, she's South Central uh, psychic medium, and she was also, would work with the um, uh, finding missing people, etc., with the um, LAPD. So I would go and see her, and she would tell me, you know, things about my friend, or I would be sitting in there, and I'd see all these orbs fly off of Reverend Tooks's Bible. She had a Bible in front of her. It's very cute. And I'm, I never asked her why she does. I knew she was a reverend and, you know, Jesus was um, very much a part of her and her readings and to bless her, you know, patrons who come in. Uh, but I did. I saw all these beautiful orbs, multicolored oranges, whites, you know, yellows fly off, maybe even some pinks fly off of her book and into the corner where I was standing. And, um, you know, she didn't tell me I had this gift. And if she did, I actually don't remember. Um, and I, you know, would play a little bit with uh, the tarot cards and runes, uh, and um, spirit guide books I would read as a, you know, young 20-year-old. I would play, you know, do kind of psychic readings for friends on a whim when we're playing pool and I'd have a drink. And that's when I felt the most comfortable just letting this flow. Um, so moving on, you know, the spirit world has always been a part of who I am. And it has been very important I met, you know, I've been connected with some, uh, for some reason, wherever I am, I'll meet a new psychic on some level. And one was a Moroccan psychic. I met her in Santa Barbara, she and her mom. And they, mother was a very powerful psychic. And she worked with the uh, queen, or let's say the princess to get her, you know, help her get pregnant and she would help me. She didn't speak English, but do readings and whatnot. So I learned a little bit about all these different customs. I went and visited them. I went to a psychic island in Morocco. 
Um, I, you know, came back, I searched, I didn't know where, what to do with it. So I went to college. In college, I, um, did photography. I graduated. That was a big deal for me to graduate with a BA degree and try to apply it in my life. And I went and worked at a place called Smashbox Productions, which is also known as Smashbox Cosmetics, but it started as a production company because I loved um, photography and I wanted to be around it. The next the job that was being offered was in the production department. While I was there, one day I um, and you may have heard this on a another episode. My my uh, friend Joanna Durkin interviewed me on her podcast about the first time I smelled cancer. So this is where I learned that I have, this is some sort of thing that I need to pay attention to is my medical mediumship direction. But I only recognized that really recently uh, when I was in my, you know, 51. So there's a woman that comes in and um, I don't see her coming in. It's at some portion during the day. It's fine during the day. And then all of a sudden I smell something very strong, which is the smell of, it's like an, a hard boiled egg. You peel it or it's the smell of um, sulfur, very close to sulfur, if not identical. It is a strong odor and I'm the only one in the room who can smell it. I've asked other people, they never smell it. Um, and it's so strong, very often I have to leave because I'll start gagging or even worse, I may, you know, vomit, but I haven't gone that, I usually get myself out of the room or the house. Um, and I've smelled it many times, but this particular time was what pointed me in the right direction of what that smell was. So I'm at Smashbox, I'm working and they're, is an odor all of a sudden that shows up and it's this sulfur hard-boiled egg odor and I start saying what is that smell what is that smell and I think it's the bathroom and I don't know and kind of I'm kind of being a little annoying about it but it was very strong nobody else seemed to smell it around me but there's a young woman sitting on the floor with a scarf on her head um very stylish watching some sort of a video and I took note of her, but I didn't connect the smell to her. At some point, I keep going on and on about this. The woman I'm standing next to says, you know, it could be um, her. She's got cancer. She's been going through chemotherapy. And she points to the woman sitting on the ground with the scarf on her head. And when she said that, I went, oh, that's what it is. There's the connection. And I didn't know what to do with it, but, and I actually don't know if I left or if I, it, it, at that point, did it, the sat, did the smell go away? I know it did go away at some point and it probably went away pretty quickly after she said that because that was the quick aha moment. And fast forward many times then throughout the next, you know, 30 years, I've smelled this, but I didn't know what to do with this. You know, I'll be at an open house for real estate. I'll be a group passing by me and I smell it and I can zero in and look at the person who has it. What I noticed is when I smell it, I do not smell it on the person who's standing in front of me, but they are going to learn 
very soon that somebody close to them or, you know, a, a very distant step from them has it and they are going to learn about it. So with that information, I have um, really felt that the reason I have this gift and that everybody really should look at their relationships with people is when a, a customer comes to me and I pick up on that, it's an opportunity, not that I know exactly who has this cancer, but it's an opportunity for the person when they find out to really mend if there is any broken relationship there to really mend and at least make peace somehow so that in the end, all of this won't matter. The spirits, we're all from the same place of light. We are not going to be harboring these resentments. Where resentments come in that I've learned throughout mediumship is that it's here on this planet. It's our human experiences, fear, and then there's resentment, and then there is, you know, the attraction or, you know, as people say, you you attract what you are. Um, so really, it's an opportunity to heal because that's really important and it's really about the person living so that they don't um, feel badly or hate themselves or punish themselves that they didn't mend something if it was in their power while that person was still living. So that is a really, for me, a very powerful thing. And sometimes we don't even know if we've offended somebody or whatever it is. But if this does come up and it's with, through one of my clients and there's an opportunity for me to say, take this, it's an olive branch. You are going to meet, you know, somehow somebody near you is going to come forward. You're going to learn that they have cancer. And when they do, you can apologize or or release you know any pain possibly that that person did or just be kind and really do this healing work that needs to be done sometimes the other end you know the person who has it maybe maybe doesn't want to hear from you you don't know but you can send a card you could send an email you can reach out in other ways, and it doesn't matter what the result is for you. It's not about you. It's about them being being this gift, really. It's a gift. It's a mess into a message. So you're taking this cancer, and this cancer is an opportunity to have this release or forgiveness, somehow putting it out on the table. And you don't need to hash up things from the past. You can just be kind and letting it go. So that's what I do with me medical mediumship. I also work on, um, you know, I can see it in family lineage. I can see it in photos. I don't need to have the person on where I see them physically. Uh, it can all just be by voice and it doesn't need to be by voice either. That's the other thing. They can just tell me the person's name or possibly a relationship and I can zero in and see if there's a connection to some sort of a disease possibly that runs in the family. That is 
where I'm at with this. And um, I feel that it is a, it's psychic, but it's also, me, it's mediumship, but it's a different level too. So I'll get into that on another episode. But generally speaking, when people come to me, my clientele, and um, we're on Zoom, because that's what, you know, we're in COVID still. And that's, seems to work really well. People are very comfortable in their own space and I'm able to read them with or without seeing them. We can look at what's happening and have psychic things happen, which I can, you know, tell them and it's pretty shortly down the road that I can pick up and give them little signals, symbols that the spirit world is giving them and wants them to know. And that's where mediumship hooks into. So mediumship is often our loved ones, spirit guides, spirit team. They are over there, our angels, talking to us. But they use me or they go through you and they try to get your attention. And that is where we go back to when I first started this episode, which is the glass ball dropping and rolling. I heard that for years, didn't know what it was, 51, I'm almost 51, I'm so sad, I'm praying every night for signs, I'm hearing it. Well, let me tell you, when I started mediumship, I never heard that glass drop and roll again. It stopped. So as my friend coined the phrase, and I love it, uh, get the ball rolling, essentially. So all of us have these signs. Maybe the lights flicker sometimes. You know, it's somebody saying hi. Don't be scared of it. It's not scary. This is not Hollywood. Um, I do believe that what you project, if you project anger and nastiness, like, you know, there's some of these TV shows where they're ghost hunting. That is not... I I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I think that that's a level of trying to get viewers and really freak people out. And it does. And it used to scare me. But what I realized is the other world is very safe and loving and secure. There's lots of levels and dimensions to it. From when somebody dies, there's a transition part and there's a healing part and the learning part. And then what I've seen is there's the light and they turn into light. And when spirit is talking through me for a message for somebody else, as an example, or it could be through me, it can come in lots of different ways. It can come in, you know, I see the person in my mind, there's lots of writing. So they journal half the time. Okay, well, you know, there's automatic writing. You can write. I used to do that as a 17-year-old, not knowing what that was. Automatically write. I want to... um you know, get into this better English class, uh, honors English class or whatever it was because I wasn't a great tester. And so I tested, this is an actual example, tested really low and I thought this is not right. So I practiced and I really kind of automatic writing and put my manifestation and my creation on the paper. Boom. I was moved right up. Next time they took a test, I was able to do it. It was very interesting to me. So I had that tool or talking to my friend who had passed or 
looking at a photo and this is another example my grandfather I really missed him he was so funny and nice and um I looked at his picture and it came out 3D to me so I knew there was a message there and I don't remember what it was but there was a communication so that's also how I see things people come out 3D in photos um animals Feathers, you know, might be flying around, you know, in somebody's house. Those are little angel signs, uh, multiple digits of the same digit, angel signs. So this is a very fun world. I've learned a lot about the spirit world and how it can connect to us and really help us. I hope that this episode is something that you really enjoyed listening to and look at how the little little tidbits, little diamonds that you have in your life. Are those just coincidences? I doubt it. They're not coincidences. You are, are they actual messages? Are you understanding the messages? Because God knows I didn't understand what that glass ball dropping and rolling was. I had no idea. I did know I wanted to learn mediumship, psychic, uh, you know, anything in that world, but I needed the right teacher and I wasn't willing to go down scary road <laughs> of any of that. So at this point in my life, I am a spiritual coach, a psychic medium, a medical medium, and now I have a podcast and I'm very excited to do this. So I hope to bring you lots of fantastic people on the show great topics. If you have any questions or would like to follow me, you can find me at Aaron's underscore spiritual underscore cafe. There's a link tree you can book or just send me a message. All my information is below. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. And one last bit, uh, because it's Aaron's spiritual cafe, I'm always going to have something to drink with me. Today it's water. A lot of times it's coffee. And so will my guests. So what are you going to have? Have a great day. Bye. Welcome, friends. It's Erin Edwards from Erin's Spiritual Cafe. And today I have a very special guest. She is a shamanic energy healer from Maui. Her name is Brooke Housley. And I met her on Instagram we are friends now. She is really special and she's different than the shamans that we all think of when you think of shamanism. She's created her own space. I did have a session with her and I will tell you it was light, bright, creative, intuitive, really interesting. And basically what she does is she combines all of her knowledge from rainbow energy healing, Akashic records, galactic family, her intuition, her clairvoyance, puts it all together and creates this space for each client session. She's wonderful. I can't recommend her enough. You've got to follow her and she's just really special. So on to the show. Here is Brooke Housley.